0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Okay, we spent a good bit of time in Romans 5, and we had proven from the Bible eternal security. If we look at verse number 20, by way of review, moreover, the law entered in Romans five verse 20, that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And we see that it, it doesn't matter how much sin, grace is more abundant than all of the sin that's out there. That's why we have a salvation by grace. And so we do believe that a believer is eternally secure. In other words, once saved, always saved. But there's a natural question that comes out of it. Does that mean that belief encourages someone to sin? Does that mean that we have a free license now to go out and sin? Are there people that say we can just use the freedom of the law now because we're free from under the law right now therefore there is no condemnation to them are in christ jesus so you in christ if you are this morning you're free from the bondage of sin you're out from under the law now are you going to use that liberty you're going to use that freedom to just go out for selfish gain and live for yourself should we expect a free pardon doesn't once saved, always saved means that people will just expect a free pardon from God when they die and by the time they get saved, all the sins they accumulated up and then when they die, they should just get a free pardon. You can't tell people they're eternally secure. That's what some say. Because all of these consequences would, would come as a result of that. But let's find out what the Bible really teaches now. That we have a new life in christ first off verse 21 in romans 5 that as sin hath reigned unto death even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by jesus christ our lord if you have eternal life that means there is no possibility at all for you to lose your salvation verse number six or or chapter number six i'm sorry verse number one what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound in other words why not just keep sinning if grace is more abundant we're going to have so much abundance in grace let's just keep sinning because god's grace is going to cover it is that do you really think that that is what god's teaching but that question comes up doesn't it in chapter six verse one what shall we say then everybody asks this question it's not just believers that say well what's going to keep you from sinning unbelievers ask the same question now they might not ask it directly to you or i well they're thinking in their mind and in their heart they're thinking wait a minute these christians they think that once they get saved they can just go live how they want They're thinking that, they're asking that. Baby Christians or someone that hasn't been taught from the scriptures this issue, they will ask this question. If it's just God's grace, then what will restrain us? We need rules for holy living. If it's just God's grace, we have to have something. We've got to have this list of rules so that we make sure people are living right. You think that's the heart of God? We we are not, you are not, I am not, able to legislate true righteousness. It cannot be legislated, not true heart righteousness. They look at eternal security and, well, it's just all grace and you're going to be saved by grace and now you're just going to live how you want and it's going to give you the liberty. I can just do what I want, even if I know it's wrong. I know I'm saved by grace, so God will take care of me. I'm telling you, all your past sin, all your present sin, all your future sin, it has been taken care of on the cross at Calvary. You know, when we look at our future sin, we look at it from the time we were saved to when we die. Except you weren't born when Christ died on the cross. I wasn't born when Christ died on the cross. Christ looks at our future sins differently than we look at our future sins. (laughs) And he paid for them all at the cross. He didn't pay for the ones that you did before you got saved. But the question still arises, does it give us the license to sin? I want to take a little pause here and I want to look at the nation of Israel. And then we'll come back, and and then we'll look at us as as the church. Um, Go back in your Old Testament to Micah, the book of Micah. Keep flipping back. and you'll, You'll come past Habakkuk, Nahum, and then you'll come to the book of Micah. Right after the book of Jonah, you'll come to the book of Micah. You know, the Bible says, as far as east, the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. All of Psalm 103, it's a hymn of praise that can be sung because that nation of Israel will be redeemed and they will be restored. And you know what he's saying concerning that nation? If we were to come out, if we were to come out of this church house and you were to go east and this side of the church, you would start going west. We're going to get farther and farther and farther away from each other. As far as they are from each other, that's as far as our transgressions have been removed. Now, that's a nation uh, hymn, certainly can be applied to us. But look what also is said in, in Micah chapter seven, look at verse number 19. Bible says, He will turn again. He will have our compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. Now, who's he talking about? That's Israel. That's the nation. And thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Back in Exodus 15, when he protected the the children of Israel, uh, the horse and the chariots, You know where they were all consumed by God in the sea. They were uh, drowned in the Red Sea, Pharaoh's chariots, every last one of them. Exodus is a type of deliverance. Okay, you know what you got in Micah, chapter seven, verse number 19. You've got (laughs) you've got sins cast into the depths of the sea concerning that nation. You know why that's so easy for that nation to look back and and, and understand that and get a hold of that? Because back in Exodus, they experienced sin being cast into the depths of the sea. They were being set free, they were being delivered, and God took care of their enemies. You know what he's going to do with your sin? You know what he's going to do with the nation's sin? He's going to cast it right into the sea, never to be seen again. So let me ask you this after the children of Israel were delivered. Do you think they ever sinned again? Come on, they sinned again. What do you think God he's going to bring? He's going to bring Pharaoh and his chariots out of the sea and let him have at it. He's not. What do you think he's going to bring their sins up from out of the depth of the sea and start holding it against them? No, he said he's going to restore that nation and that nation. Get, okay. Here's something God's not going to know, their sin. How in the world is that going to happen? The reformed theologian says God knows everything. Well, there's something right here that God's not going to know. How in the world does that happen? I don't know. All I know is that God is omnipotent and he is so powerful that he can choose to bury these na- this nation's sin. And he can choose to not even know it, remember it or bring it up. How does that happen? And how can i get a hold of it? <laughs> don't you want to forget about the stuff that people did to you and it keeps coming up into your mind god it's not that's not going to happen with god doesn't happen with god it happens with you and i that nation can understand this in isaiah he says he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and he says and will not remember thy sins you want to know something God can't do? Remember their sins. You want to know something God can't do concerning you and I? If you're saved, God is not going to remember your sin. He is so powerful, He is going to be able to look at your advocate, which is who? Christ Jesus the Lord. Praise His name. The Bible says, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. You're not justified by your works. You're either going to be justified by God's grace through his blood by putting your faith in him. That's it. Amen. Yes, sir. He laid on him the iniquity of us all. And he said on the cross three powerful words. It is finished he paid your sin debt past present and future so how are you going to find out now that your justification after you got saved is in thou shalt and thou shalt not. because you know you don't keep all that thou shalt. a simple one is pray without ceasing while well, you cease doing that <laughs> i cease doing that So I guess you, I guess you lost your salvation. No, you didn't. You think it's in your personal gratitude toward Christ dying for you as a wretched sinner? It's not in your personal gratitude. It's in what Christ did for you. You're going to make your New Year's resolution and not sin. How's that work out? Well, every January you say you're not going to eat brownies and chocolate cake. And by February 1st. You're five pounds worse off than you were in the year previous. Am I I the only one that? (laughs) Look, you can have your resolutions, not to sin. The bottom line is your willpower to not sin and show personal gratitude is not going to keep your salvation. Christ declared you righteous based on his account not on your account and not on my account. And you know what Christ's righteousness produces? News It isn't sinful living. The righteousness of Christ produces holy living. And then you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and in true holiness how many of you this morning want to live a righteous life in christ jesus i do how many of you want to live a holy life in christ jesus i do that's what the new man the new creature produces go back to Romans six and also get first peter two grab some new verses take a little break here first peter two What shall we say then Romans six 1 first Peter two as well? Shall we continue in sin? Just the thought of that is repelling. Brother does something wrong to sister. So brother gets punished and then. And then the parent says, well, don't worry about it. Just keep on going and sin and don't worry. No parent does that. No, you don't. That's it's it's a ridiculous thought. It's just as ridiculous as the thought that saved Christians, who are new creatures, would want to go on living a sinful life. It doesn't match. Look at uh. Well, okay. So keep your finger in First Peter two and look at the answer given in verse two of Romans six. We got Romans six and First Peter two. We're going to read Romans six first. God forbid is the answer meaning no don't live in sin how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein you know what you were in time past you walked according to the course of this world in ephesians you know what you were you were dead in trespasses and sins you know what you got in romans 6 verse 2 you are dead not in sin anymore you are dead to sin there's a difference what does that mean your identification changed when you trusted Christ when i trusted Christ our identification changed instantaneously look at verse number number 2 we are dead to sin look at verse number 3 in the middle we are baptized into his death at the end of the verse look at verse number 4 We are buried with him by baptism into death. Look at verse number five in the middle in the likeness of his death. Look at verse number six Uh, after the comma that our old man is crucified with him. Look at verse number seven for he that is dead is freed from sin. Look at verse number eight. Now, if we be dead with Christ, look at verse number 11. Reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Look at verse thirteen. You're in the middle. You're alive from the dead. Won't you end up if you keep sitting, sinning? You just you just continue to be a to be a to be a. You, you just expect a free pardon from God. You've, you've already been pardoned from God. All of your charges have been dropped. You go down to the courtroom and you take the hardened criminal. And you just release him into society with no restraints. How do you think that's going to work out? Not good. What's the best thing to do with that hardened criminal? Put him to death. You're a criminal. I'm a criminal. You know what we need? The death penalty. I'm here to tell you this morning we did, we died. We received the death penalty. We died. That old man died with Christ. We are identified now in Christ. His death. We are dead. That old man is gone. He is dead. He received the death penalty. And you know what we've got? A new man, a new creature in christ jesus you don't let that old man get released he was buried with christ amen and raised in newness and life that's how you and i should walk that's how we walk we have a new life in the lord jesus christ for the love of christ constraineth us that's what second corinthians says you and i are declared dead we got a new life with a new power and a new order. You know what it's called? The resurrected life. Live as a resurrected saint. That's what you are. All right, I ask you to turn turn to first Peter. Let's get there. First Peter, chapter two. You've been put to death with Christ. 1 Peter 2 verse where are we at end of the chapter verse 24 Bible says who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we here it is again being dead to sins. Notice that contrast again from Ephesians that's what we were we were we were dead in trespasses and sins now we're dead to sin should live how under righteousness. By whose stripes you're healed. Christ's death is your death. And when it says, you see what it says in 1 Peter 2, it says dead to sins. That's not your willful act to try to live for Christ. Because your will fails. Your willful acts diminish. You can't keep it up. It's all about being in Christ. And you're dead to sins. His stripes healed you. In John 13, Peter said to Jesus, thou shalt never wash my feet. You know what Jesus said? If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. If you don't want to be washed by Christ, if you don't want to have your sins taken care of by Christ, forget it. You have no part of him. You'll never work it. You'll never keep it. You'll never earn it, re-earn it. It'll never, ever happen. We have to stop acting like our guilt is based on what we do. Our guilt is based on who we are. Sinners. And and our death in Christ. You know what? You know what sin loses? Go back. Go back to go back to Romans six. Go back to Romans six. it's a question again in verse number two and this question is about the power of sin it says verse two god forbid how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein because we've got a new power the power of sin doesn't control us anymore power of christ now next verse the bible says no you not romans 6 3 that so many of us as were baptized into water we're baptized into His death. Is there water anywhere in the passage? You're not baptized in the water when you trust Jesus Christ. As many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into His death. You've got, you've got, you've got three modes of baptism. You have an immersion in water. You have an immersion in Jesus Christ, and you have an immersion in fire. You know how Jesus baptized, he baptizes one of two ways, either by immersion in him or immersion in fire. Can you have both? No, you're only going to have one. And if you don't have one, you have the other. You need to be baptized into Jesus Christ first before you decide to get baptized and immersed in water. And guess what? Jesus ain't going to put you in water. He's going to put you in him. Somebody else is going to put you in water to symbolize something. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I want to look at three three uh, passages of Scripture because we're talking about the power of sin. First Corinthians 12 will be the first one. First Corinthians 12. And get Galatians chapter 3. Keep your finger in Romans 6. Let's look at First Corinthians 12 and Galatians 3. First Corinthians 12 look at verse number twelve. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many, are one body so also is christ if you don't like your foot too bad you can't get rid of it (laughs) that's the answer for difficult church members that's the answer for the church member that you know you don't kind of like the way he or she does something we're all part of the body of christ yes even the christians that disagree with you (laughs) newsflash even the christians that disagree with me you know it's hard to preach because you have to stand up and give god's word and i mean you can come to one sermon or one week or one month but if you hang around the same preacher and the same people for a full-time relationship there is going to be something in this book that he's either a going to say not quite the way you would say it believe not quite the way you would believe it As if you're the authority, (laughs) as if I'm the authority. So you know what we've committed to doing? Preaching the book, sticking with the book. You go home and work it out with God. Your problem's not with me, my problem's not with you, our problem's with God. Well, I I don't like the way that brother was witnessing. Well, why don't you go out and do it a better way? Maybe he'll learn from you. We're one body. Why do we feel compassion towards someone that had their leg blown off in the war? Because we see it's an awful thing because we know we need all our members to function properly i'm telling you when somebody leaves a good church family that they've been a part of it's like you just blew somebody's leg off why don't we have the same compassion when that happens in the church house people just going around blowing people's legs off and leaving like it's no big deal it hurts We're one body. Okay, so we're talking about the power of sin in Romans 6, right? What power do you think made you part of that one body? We've got people from all different geographic locations. We cover the whole nation. We've got from California all the way to New Jersey and everything in between. It's it's an amazing thing. What power does that? What power puts us all into one body? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's His power. That's what 1 Corinthians 12 is is trying to show us. And for by one Spirit, here it is, we are all baptized into one body. What power baptized you into that one body? The Holy Spirit's power, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free and have been all made to drink into one spirit by what power of that that's the power of the holy spirit how can a rich man get along with a poor man power of the holy spirit how can someone that's got a high social status get along with someone that has a low social status whatever that's supposed to be only the by the power of the holy spirit how can a mexican get along with an italian only by the power of the holy spirit how can a southerner get along with a Yankee? Only by being baptized into one body by the power of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Says hey. power. Galatians 3, please. Watch what it says, Galatians 3. 26. Galatians 3:26 for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. It doesn't say for as many as been baptized into water have put on water. Well, in the Old Testament, they got saved because Noah went through and the ark, and then water came, and you had both. Yeah, you did have both, except the people that got wet died. The people that stayed dry lived. Water baptism doesn't save you. You need to be immersed in Jesus Christ. And that's what's being taught here in Galatians chapter 3. Baptized into Christ to put on Christ. We see it again. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free there is neither male nor female. And that's not a verse for transgender people. Okay, it means God's not looking at your gender to get you in. Okay, you're all one in Christ. Okay, in Christ. Down here, we're all different. When I grew up, we watched Mr. Rogers. Well, I don't like Mr. Rogers. Well, he's better than what's out today. You know what he No, Mr. Rogers taught. A girl grows up to be a mommy. A boy grows up to be a daddy. That's true. That's good truth right there. Some of you all looking at me like you never heard of Mr. Rogers. Oh, did you watch Mr. Rogers, bro, Charles? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's some good shows back then. I couldn't figure out some of the stuff they did with all those puppets, but I wasn't really a puppet guy, but. Mr. Rogers was. Not a sweater guy either. (laughs) Romans chapter 6. We get back on course here. What power put Christ on you? Power of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 6 verse 3. It says, know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized unto his death. Criminals put to death. You did receive the the death penalty. You were buried with him. You were put to death. And you know what water baptism is? It's an outward symbol of this. You are saying you're showing publicly I as a son of Adam. I have died because I deserve to die. And so you put that man underwater symbolizing I am dead. I have died. I have received what I should receive. The death penalty. God can do nothing with me. My old, filthy, sinful, wretched nature is dead with Christ. And the last verse we're going to look at this morning, at least in Romans 6. We'll start to close and wrap up. Romans 6, verse 4. It says, therefore, we are buried with him. We are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. When you come up out of that water, it symbolizes the new life principle that you're going to walk in. Notice, notice at the end, even so we also should walk. It's God's desire and it's why he raised us up on Christ's behalf, it's his desire. We now have a new life. And then also watch what it says in here in the middle of the verse, right in the middle, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the father. When you walk in this newness of life, you don't put on display you and the old man anymore. You're putting on display the glory of God the Father. When you're walking how he would have you and I to walk. It's the new life principle. Galatians 2, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live how? By the faith of what? The Son of God. (laughs) Who's living here? The old man that was dead in trespasses and sins? Or the new man that's dead to sins? We have one that's dead. We have one that's alive unto Christ. And we see that same principle. I know we looked at it early on the negative side. But look at verse number 4 in Romans 6. We're raised up from the dead. It also says we walk in newness of life. Look at the next verse. It says in at the end in the likeness of his resurrection. It's all throughout all of Romans six. Look at verse six that we uh, we shall also live with him. Look at verse eight. A verse, uh, verse number six is we should not serve sin. Verse number six. Look, verse number eight. We shall also live with him. Verse number 11. It says uh, right after the comma in the middle, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You got a new life and you've got to get a hold of that new life principle. All right. Last stop. And I promise we're done. Last stop. Hebrews, Hebrews 2, look at verse 14, Hebrews 2, verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself, that's Jesus Christ, likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy. Him that had the power of death, that is the devil. We're talking about this power of sin, and I want to tie it up here by finishing in in Hebrews. Christ came down, and you know how he identified with us? In flesh and in blood. He identified with us in his humanity. Now go to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, verse 5. Hebrews 10, the 5th verse says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldst not, but a body hast thou prepared me. Christ's body died for us. And we see that Hebrews 10, it basically points back and it's the fulfillment of all the Old Testament sacrifices that could never take away sin. You can read all the way down, but we won't, but we'll get to verse 10 what, what, what it says last verse. We're going to read in Hebrews verse 10 by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all Does that get any clear one time death for all. But his body, when it died on the cross, he came down, he identified flesh and blood, his blood, his body, he died. But not only did he secure our salvation, what else was secured according to chapter 1010? Our sanctification. Is that what it says? Hebrews 1010. By the which will we are sanctified. We are set apart, sanctified through the offering of the body. So why am I reading that? Why am I saying that? In his birth. He came down and identified with us flesh and blood in his death. It's a complete flip. It's a complete opposite in his death. We get to identify with him. Now, praise God for that. We are identified. It's a privilege. It's a glorious blessing that we can now. He came identify with us, but we identify with him because we are dead in him. And you know what happened? We were raised, and now we have this new life principle. He came to die. He intended to die. He was judged as a sinner, yet he knew no sin. When we identify him with him and his death, we get to take his position. And you know, we are judged dead as we are judged dead to sin. And you know what we are alive to? God. We got to get hold of this new life principle that chapter six is opening up. We've received the death penalty, the old man's death. Now let's live alive unto God for his glory. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.